Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. There's an old proverb that seems fitting as I introduce my next guest. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yes, Kermit Davis is the head men's basketball coach at Ole Miss, and his father, Kermit Davis Sr., was the longtime head men's basketball coach at Mississippi State. But they have a lot more in common than just that, and I'm excited for you to hear more. Stay tuned. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, TeamSnap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the team chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. It shouldn't come as a surprise that Kermit Davis followed in his father's footsteps as a floor general on hardwood courts in Mississippi. The son was good enough to play two years at Mississippi State before jumping into his own coaching career, which was full of distinctions. Youngest junior college head coach in the nation at Southwest Mississippi at the age of 24, and the youngest Division I head men's basketball coach at Idaho at the age of 28. Is his coaching career a fluke? Hardly. He's been a coach of the year in four major conferences, including the SEC. But what struck me most about Kermit Davis are some of the interpersonal traits he learned from his father, which are best showcased in his love and appreciation for his daughter, Allie. Listen and find out what I mean. I am so privileged to have Coach Kermit Davis Jr. as a guest today. Coach, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Well, you got it, Sean. Look forward to it. Well, Coach, I always start with a very basic question, but what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory from growing up? You know, I preface it with this, is that I grew up in this household that was like a dream if you love sports. My dad was a high school coach, but then he became a head SEC coach. So you can imagine growing up in that background when every day your mom, after kindergarten, picked you up, took you right to dad's gym, and you came home with him. And you just, after practice, it was 7.38, you just came home with him. So every day I did that. And uh, when he went and played Kentucky and Adolph Rupp was coaching, I sat on the bench. When he went to play Tennessee and Ray Mears, I was on the bench. So I I grew up on second and third base, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's just people just dream of doing that one time. And so my childhood memories was really traveling with him, not as, as athletic, but traveling with him and meeting the people that I met just sitting there, you know, and just... I mean, literally, Kentucky would come in and practice, and my dad practice after my dad's team, and Adolph and my dad were great friends, and Coach Rupp would let dad sit there and talk to him for 30, 40 minutes, and I'd sit there just in awe, you know, and watching Big Blue. So, so those were memories. As far as a competitive memory, I mean, I, I can remember probably vividly the most was my very first organized team was a t-ball team, Mosley Moving and Storage. And I can never forget when you wake up, you go out there and you check the skies. 
is it going to rain? Gosh almighty. And it didn't matter. <laughs> the park was in bicycle distance. You know, it didn't matter. You know, my dad was like going a lot, recruiting different things in the summer, but I just said, mom, we're good. I, the field's going to be great. You know, so you hated rain out days. I could, I think that's probably some of my most vivid memories is riding over the park on your bicycle and ready to play your first T-ball games when you're about six to seven years old. What were some of those enduring and lasting lessons that you learned or picked up from sitting in on conversations with your father and Coach Rupp? Yeah, you know, you sit there, and I remember Coach Rupp called my dad Jody, and he Coach Rupp was the coach of Kentucky when my dad played it at State. And so I think everybody says, well, what did you learn most from your dad? And I said, well, it's not that I'm running the Auburn Shuffle or the UCLA High Post like he ran or different things. It was really just sitting in those conversations and listening to dad and coach Rupp. And I guess it's, you know, the, the biggest thing I'll probably learn from my father was just how he treated people. You know, if you're the coach, like I am at Ole Miss, a lot of people come up to you and and they did as well as my dad, wherever he had traveled around our state or whatever. And But it seemed like in three minutes, the conversation was always back on the person that came up to him. Dad was talking about their family, talking about where they were from, what they did. And it just, you know, I was talking about the team, but it was always seemed like it was always back on. And he was so interested in what other people were doing. And so probably the greatest thing that I learned from my father was that, you know, and I'd like, you know, he's got all the different stories from different coaches, but hopefully that's the biggest trait that I gained from him. Wow. That's super special. Was there a particular player in all those years that you just had a certain affinity for? They were just very kind to you and you just developed a special kinship with them? Yeah, you know, a lot of it's funny. My dad just got elected to the Mississippi Hall of Fame. So a lot of his players came and it was just guys that when I was nine or 10 years old, my brother Bill and I would bug the heck out of them in practice, you know, and you know, you're 18, 19, you got this nine and 10 year old kid over there all the time, everywhere you went. So I saw a lot of those guys. Joe Dean Jr. was a guy that's real special to my father, played for dad, was dad's GA. I eventually, you know, went and worked at LSU and his dad was the athletic director at LSU, Mr. Dean, but he had a bunch of them that came back that they start telling old stories and about Bill and I, you know, at, at every practice. And so there's a lot of fond memories in the gym with them. My favorite now, just childhood person that I got a chance to see that dad, you know, coached against was Pete Maravich, you know, and that was back in when Pete was playing freshman basketball and we tried to emulate every single thing that Pete did, which is pretty hard, as good as he was with all the ball handling and passing things. Coach, which coach or teacher encouraged you and inspired you most when you were younger? I'd have to say you know, I had a high school coach, Joe Judon, is a great, great guy. He also coached me in junior high. You know, in ba- a lot of times I got was basketball camps. One was Lakeside Oaks in Baton Rouge. Dale Brown and Mr. Dean, Joe Dean, ran it. And then counselors there, you know, college players that, that taught at those camps were huge, kind of shaped the way Bill and I kind of approached basketball. So, but I'd say my, my junior high and high school coach was one. What was something you wrestled or struggled with back in middle or high school? My weight. I was the most skilled kid in the school, shot it better, pitched it better. And then I had, in my ninth grade year, it caught up with me. And I had to lose like 45 pounds in a summer. I mean, I just, all of a sudden, you know, the talent was fine. But then you get that eighth and ninth grade year, 
fast matters, you know, moving your feet matters more and playing against older guys. And so went on a diet in the summer, lost about 45 pounds and then, you know, got now where you could really go back and play. So that was the biggest thing. Went through a lot of kind of self-image, different things, you know, as you went out and played and all the different things. So, but that summer kind of changed me forever. And I probably stayed on the diet and still am forevermore. You know, it goes, but it really is. It changed the way I thought about myself. So I have a lot of appreciation when I look at kids that I know they're struggling with it, you know, from a self-esteem standpoint. And that was probably my biggest thing. And when I finally got it and I did it, I felt so much better about myself. And it changed me as a person and, and changed me athletically, you know, trying to go forward. Hey, Coach, what's something you would tell your 8, 12, and 16-year-old self? Athletically, play everything. I don't know. I guess I grew up, I know it was the good old days, I guess now. I don't know that you just started out with football and you played basketball. Then I played high school golf. I played baseball. I wasn't very good at football, so I left the sport. But there's so many specialty things. I don't, I mean, if you just find yourself at this elite level, I totally get it and hone in. But if you're just trying to play to, to be around good people, be on a team, learn life lessons, have a great time. Guys, try to play all the sports that you could. I think it's probably the biggest lesson that I would hopefully, you know, my daughters are grown now. I just have my first grandson and now he's about three weeks old. But, you know, I would think he'd hopefully he'd be a guy that I could give some advice to to try to try them all and play a lot of. Well, how special is that? Tell me about that becoming a grandfather. Yep. You know, in fact, that we're off today. So I hadn't seen Davis, you know, his dad is, is Fletcher Johnson. So they named him Davis Fletcher Johnson, which was great. You know, that we kept the name. He's a boy. We've all had all, nearly all girls, had all had all girls. I can't tell you. It's almost like when you hold him, me, it's like you're holding your daughter and him. You know, it's just like it's everybody in one. But it is. It's a, I heard it. Everybody told me it's a totally different feeling, but until you get him in your arms, you can't describe it, you know, so you can't wait to kind of go back and see him. So we're going to head over here late afternoon to check on him real quick. Well, since we're talking about, you know, family right now, tell me about your family. You know, tell me about, for instance, we've talked about your father, but what were some of the things that you really appreciated about your mother? And then tell me a little bit about your wife and your daughters. Yep. It's great. You know, I have a brother that's 13 months younger, Bill. And then uh, 12 years later, we had a sister, which is probably the greatest thing ever happened to our family, Jennifer. But, you know, Bill and I just grew up 13 months, fought all over the neighborhood. I mean, just fought over every game we played. Dad was gone so much. So mom's obviously was the queen of our household. She took us to nearly all the Little League games. Dad missed a ton growing up because he was on the road recruiting so much. But I'm so lucky now, Sean, I mean, my mom and dad are both still living, living at home both doing great, can still come to games. I mean, so Davis is fourth generation, you know, which is cool. And so my mother was just a lady that, God, she had the patience of Joe. She'd get so mad at brother Bill and I would fight, but dad may not come back for four or five days. And she inevitably probably never told on us at all, you know, so she would always, she would keep it in the house. So we always appreciated that. This year, I'll be married to my wife for 40 years. I played junior college basketball in Arkansas. Betty was a senior in high school, met Betty. Then I went on to play at Mississippi State. She transferred to state from Arkansas. We have two daughters. You know, I was coaching at Idaho in 1988, and my first daughter was born with Down syndrome, Allie. 
And so, you know, you're a young assistant coach, you know, over 2,000 miles away from home. And back then, you know, there's no tests, just didn't know. And then uh, when Allie was born with Downs and, you know, my wife kind of dropped everything as far as her career and just went right to doing everything she could for raising Allie. And she did an, uh, I can't even tell you how high functioning Allie is and what she did six and eight hours a day. So that was probably our, everybody said, well, you talk about the different things and championships and all the things you've done, but probably our biggest thing was our two daughters, but especially watching Allie evolve when, you know, she had open heart surgery at nine months, they gave her a 50% chance to live or die, you know, all the different things. And to see her now at 34, just functioning in an unbelievable world and how articulate different things she is. So that's probably been our greatest accomplishment as parents, you know, by far. And you relate to it, Sean, telling your story about your family wanting to be with them. And then to see my youngest daughter, Claire, who is 30, and what she did in the raising of Allie, too, you know. And so it's a family deal. And the cries are a lot louder and longer, but the laughter is outweighs them so much more. And But it is. It's been a blessing for all of us. What's something, I mean, obviously, as a dad, you've taught your daughter Allie so much. But what's something that Allie's taught you? Oh, gosh. I mean, one thing about Downs children. And there's so, like all human beings, there's so many level of, you know, of different downs and, but it's just no grudges, zero. I mean, a kid can be rude to them at school and they see them the next day and they're trying to give them a big hug. It's just, they forget all the different things. Like we hold on to things, you know, that as just adults or kids and the social media, I don't say I even do it, but Allie, it's just, you know, you're just your friend all the time. It doesn't matter if you don't really want to say a lot to her. The next day, she's going to call you. She's going to, you know, so it's just I get you know, in simple terms of forgetfulness and they can just go right back to no grudges. That's probably the biggest thing that we've learned from Allie. Before I close, I want to share something special. My presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our first Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And our first honoree is Ryan Duber, the Director of Goalkeeping for MSYSA Olympic Development Program in Maryland. A teacher, Ryan played at Hood College, and he says he's inspired to coach because it's his way to give back to a sport that's provided him so many opportunities. Congratulations, Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time. Okay.